Sciology, the Science and Technology Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Sciology Podcast. This is about science and technology. I'm your host, Benoit Legar. A little bit about me, I am doing a diploma in radio broadcasting in Wellington, New Zealand. If you don't know where New Zealand is, if you've seen Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit, that's where they were made. Now, in this podcast, I thought I would get a little bit in depth. And when I talk about in-depth, I'm talking about the brain. Because I feel like the first episode needs to be kicked off with something that's really interesting and really in-depth. So uh, here it goes. Now, the first topic I wanted to go over about our brain is memories. Sometimes we feel like we've lived through something before. Sometimes we feel like we've lived through something before. This is called deja vu. One of the leading theories of why humans experience deja vu is the timing of information in the brain is delayed or out of time, causing the present to be compared to itself as though it was the past. To simply put it, your long-term memory and short-term memory get jumbled together, which makes the moment seem like it happened a long time ago, when in reality your brain is recalling an event that only happened milliseconds ago. Now, this is only one of the leading theories I will go over today, but you can you can get really get in-depth when finding out why humans experience this. Um, there is no conclusive theory at the moment. It is all just speculation, but uh, that one that I just said is one of the major ones. Now, there is a strong pathological association of deja vu, and that is with an illness called temporal lobe epilepsy. Scientists have seen a correlation that leads researchers to speculate that the experience of deja vu is is possibly a neurological anomaly related to improper electrical discharge in the brain. And if you didn't know already, most of us have actually experienced a non-pathological epileptic episode. And one of the most common ones is the hypnic jerk. That occurs in non-REM sleep. REM sleep is rapid eye movement. That is when we are believed to be dreaming. And it's when you are falling asleep and you are abruptly woken up by a sudden jerk of your body. Now, no one really knows what causes them, but there are some theories which include result of changes in your muscle tone as you fall asleep. Or, my favorite, is when you fall asleep, your brain your brain misperceives your body's relaxation as a sign of falling and alerts your body accordingly. And that is what most things are when we're talking about the brain. There are so many things we do not know about how the brain works. And when it comes to memory, that is one of the biggest ones. Now in the news of technology and brains, there's been a scientist that claims that he has sent a message from one brain to another. Giulio Rafani, one of the researchers on the project, the CEO of Starlab, which is based in Barcelona, is quick to explain the team did not report that they sent words or thoughts or emotions through one brain to another. Instead, they did something much, much simpler. And it worked a little something like this. One subject was placed in India and fitted with a brain computer interface. That records brainwaves through the scalp. The person was instructed to imagine they were moving either their hands or their feet. And if they imagined moving their feet, the computer recorded a zero. But if they 
Imagine moving their hands. It recorded a 1. Now you see what they did here. The string of zeros and ones was then sent through the internet to a receiver of a man in France. He was fitted with something called a TMS robot. This is a robot designed to deliver strong but short electrical pulses to the brain. When the sender thought about moving his hands, the TMS robot zapped the receiver's brain and made him see light. And to make the message a bit more meaningful than just a bunch of ones and zeros, the researchers actually came up with a cipher. When the person in India moved his hands and feet in a certain pattern, he came up with the word Ola. And the receiver has also been taught the cipher. Now this is a very big step, seeing as we're using only the brain to send a bunch of ones and zeros, which in the future could then be processed through a computer to decipher it on the other end. Why do we laugh? <laughs> it's funny you ask that, actually, because it's quite complicated, and to find out, you need to go deep in the brain. Now, I guess that's what this episode is all about, going deep into the brain, the subcortex of the brain actually is where you want to look when answering this question. Now if you went out and asked someone on the street, most people would say because it's funny. But it's quite a bit more complex than that. Now it's actually believed to be controlled by the part of your brain that controls primal behaviours such as breathing or controlling basic reflexes. This means that laughter control is located a long way from brain regions that develop later and control higher functions that humans have evolved to use, such as language or even memory. And that's probably why it's so hard to suppress a laugh, even though it's inappropriate. You know like that one time you laughed in the middle of a sad speech someone had to give at school? Now, back to that famous word, theories. The leading theory to why we laugh is the incongruity theory, which is the element of surprise. It's like our brains are so used to seeing everything so normal, like people walking through a library, and then all of a sudden, your friend comes along and trips over holding 20 bananas. This theory means that you find it funny is the brain's reaction to someone doing something out of the norm. You're so used to seeing everyone just walking through and then all of a sudden your brain is surprised by someone walking through and dropping bananas all over the floor. Now laughter is used for social bonding. This is one of the reasons why you laugh so much more when you're with your friends or close family and not so much when you are just meeting someone new or by yourself watching that video of that cat tripping over. Biology. There is a sudden crescendo of noise, then a profound and jarring explosion of sound, electrical fizzing and a bright flash in my vision, like someone has just lit a spotlight in front of my face. Now that's how Nels Nelson describes what it's like to live with exploding 
head syndrome. Now this is not a lie, this is a real syndrome and an unpleasant one for sure. He explains it as extremely unpleasant and sometimes a terrifying situation. Others describe it as being a bomb going off next to their head as they fall asleep. And for some people it only occurs once in a lifetime, for others it happens multiple times a night. Now back to that word that I've mentioned so much during this episode, it's theories. And that's what happens when you talk about the brain. Several ideas have been proposed, including ear disorders, partial epileptic seizures, but the most compelling theory that comes from a handful of studies in which people have the condition have their brain activity monitored overnight. These small studies suggest that there has a burst of neural activity in the brain that coincides with the reported explosion. Normally when we go to sleep our body shuts down and becomes paralyzed so we don't act out our dreams. During the transition from wake to sleep, the brain usually turns off a bit. However, in exploding head syndrome, there is a hiccup in the reticular formation, the part of the brain that's responsible overseeing the general shutdown of the brain, which results in a delay of switching some areas. This delay is associated with suppression of alpha brainwaves. They are normally responsible for drowsiness, and the sudden burst of neural activities in this area of the brain responsible for processing sound is believed to be the reason why some people have the sensation of an explosion in your head. Now we're up to the last segment of the show and it is I have always wondered. Now this is for you party animals out there and this is no excuse to abuse alcohol because I in no way condone it and it is definitely not good for your health. But if people have been telling you that alcohol actively kills brain cells. This is not true. This is completely a myth and if you were to actively be killing brain cells when consuming alcohol you'd notice some permanent side effects pretty quickly. Although alcohol does have a significant significant effect on the body and brain, brain damage isn't given. If you want to experience brain damage from alcohol you'd really have to drink yourself into a coma to go that far. Now this proof comes from a 1993 study by Gareth Jensen which matched brain samples from both deceased alcoholics and non-alcoholics and found no difference in density of brain cells. Now you can read a lot more into this and find out that there are obviously some permanent side effects but it does not actively kill brain cells. Thank you so much for listening to my first podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you found it factual and entertaining. I'll be back next week with some more awesome science and technology facts to entertain you on your Tuesday. If you really like the podcast, any feedback would be much appreciated. You can do that on our Facebook page. Search up the Sciology Podcast. That's S-C-I-O-L-O-G-Y. On our iTunes, SoundCloud and Stitcher pages. See you back here next week.